I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Nicole Paquette has a passion for authentic leadership. We discuss how the word authenticity is so overused that it has become confusing for some, especially what does it mean in the workplace. Nicole helps define what it means to be authentic and how to become an authentic leader. As Nicole says, it begins with owning your own purpose, superpower, and vulnerabilities. When we are on a path of authentic leadership, We are on our way to creating true and meaningful change, whether it is in our lives or workplaces. Welcome, Nicole Paquette, to Soul Sister Conversations. Thank you, Dana. Well, I'm glad to have this conversation with you today because you and I both have something in common, and we like to talk about authenticity in the workplace, and in particular, authentic leadership. You know, I think we need more of it. But I got not a wee riled up last night reading your Instagram post, not about what you said, but but what you were noting. And that you said you had read an article recently where someone said they're basically tired of hearing about authentic leadership. And, and it really seemed like it lent itself to people are getting confused about what authentic leadership is, because we use that word for a lot of different things. So I am... Um, you know, can't wait to have a conversation around this with you. So first of all, you're a change leadership and culture transformation consultant. And but before you were a consultant, you you've been an employee, you've been in global organizations for over 20 years. So you have a unique perspective on leadership and that you've You've, you've, I assume you've probably had the good and the bad uh, <laughs> with respect to leadership. And now you're on the other side of the fence where you can help leaders. So I'm curious, where does your story begin in terms of, you know, how did you get passionate or become an advocate for authentic leadership? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question, Dana. And so I started my career um, just over 20 years ago and I went right from university. I took a business degree and I went right into change management consulting and I worked for a global organization um, and I really loved it. And so I did a lot of that work for most of my career um, I worked uh, kind of around North America and uh, worked on a lot of large kind of transformations. So I had the opportunity to work really firsthand uh, with leaders and employees as they went through the change process. So I saw the importance then of leadership and through my career, and as I had my children kind of throughout my career, Um, I I made some changes along the way, and I worked uh, for a different firm when I moved from one end of the country to another, again, another large organization. Um, And then for a while, I worked as an employee for, again, another large organization, but I was internal. And that was a very different experience for me because, as you said, you know, I, I saw it as a consultant. I saw it as an employee and living day to day, what does that really mean when leaders either are or are not kind of true to the values within their behaviors and what they're doing every day? Um, and kind of through that process, uh, I had a I had an awakening, I like to call it. And so through a lot of the work that I did, both as a consultant and as an employee, I was really feeling 
the inauthenticity of many of the leaders. And I, w- I got very sick and I had to switch gears and I took some time off actually and, uh, and really kind of looked inside and thought like, what is it that I'm meant to do? I ended up going back to consulting because it really is my first work love, but I approached it very differently. Um, and over the last few years, I've taken a very special interest in looking at the core of you know what is change. So as I said, kind of through the through my time um, in consulting, I learned all of the big you know fancy methodologies and did all kinds of PowerPoint presentations and worked with leaders and people through that process. Um, but what I know to be true now is that no change, is possible without true connected leaders. And that's really where the change process starts. And it's really where the culture of an organization is born. Mm, I like that. I'm curious when you said that you were starting to see or have feel the effects of these inauthentic leaders, what were you seeing that was Mm. what you termed to be inauthentic? Yeah. So a, a couple of things along the way that honestly happened early in my career. So in my way back, um, probably about 15 years ago, I was working for the the my first large global firm, and uh, I had my first two children um, out in Vancouver. And I ended up coming back to work pretty early. My youngest was only a few months old. And at that time, the organization had a big tagline. Uh, It was something along the lines of a great place to work for women. And so I wanted to come back to work and I wanted to contribute. I was very focused on building my career within that organization. Um, But what I found was I was getting a lot of pressure uh, to travel. And so it got to the point where one of the global partners called me on the phone and said, you know, Nicole, like I did this and I had my my son. And after 30 days, I started to travel and you'll get used to it. (laughs) And (laughs) so that was a real turning point for me, because what I was seeing in the values not only did it not line up with the organization, but it didn't line up with my values. And so that created a huge turning point for me then. And I ended up leaving the organization quite distraught and and redirecting my career in a different way. Um, but I still kind of worked within that organization. And then when I left uh, consulting to really take time to focus on my family, I've four children and uh, I'm a single mom. And when they were younger, that was very demanding. So um in that organization, as most organizations, there are many, um, you know, value statements. Almost always there's something around people, whether it's, you know, people are important, people are our greatest asset. Um, but what happens is that our leaders are getting caught up in um, this system that they've grown up in and they really forget or have never really learned how to connect with people Um, And so the team that I was on when I ended up leaving that organization, um, there was a very toxic environment. And uh, I think people were crying almost every day. (laughs) (laughs) It was really not a good situation. And, um, and, you know, in hindsight, I can see that, that the leader of that team 
was going through a lot of that same pressure herself. And so it's this whole system that's been created uh, in business, I believe, um, where we've gotten off track or maybe we never were on track. Uh, and knowing that while we say that people are our greatest assets, we um, many leaders are lacking in that ability to connect and really getting uncomfortable to the point where they have the human connection with people in order to drive the results. Mm. It's a great point that you're making because when we talk about inauthentic leadership, you know, it begins with the things that are written on the wall, as you just noted. Mm -hmm. You know, they have this tagline that says it's a great place for women to work, yet there's no allowances Mm -hmm. uh, for you as a young mom. Like you must do certain things and that you can begin to feel you're exactly right. The inauthenticity, you're saying one thing, but you're not actually following up with with the action. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, that, that's a really good point. So I am curious then what you know about leadership now. What, how do you define authentic leadership? Because going back to what you said about the post of the lady who said she's sick <laughs> of hearing about authentic leadership, we've become confused about what is authenticity because it's used in all sorts of ways. So how do you define authentic leadership? Yeah, so I th- I think there are a couple of things, and that's why that you know when I read the post that I saw that I referred to in my blog post and LinkedIn post, um, you know what she was saying was, you know, kind of sick and tired of hearing about authentic leadership. Maybe, you know, we can appear as though we're authentic to get the results. And I had another conversation um, with a colleague of mine, and. She was saying, you know, I'm so tired of people thinking that they need to be nice at work and that, you know, really, if you're nice, then how do you get results? And so so really, there's a few things that I boil it down to. So in all of my time in large organizations and global consulting firms, what I've also learned is that there is a need to simplify. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't mean it's easy. And so I talk a lot about how things may be simple, but they're not at all easy. And so I I break down kind of what I see as um, the key elements of authentic leadership into kind of three components. And the first one is around the leader her or himself really understanding their own purpose, their own superpower and their own vulnerabilities. So that takes a lot of work. So that's kind of step one. So foundationally, we need to be comfortable in our own skin. Um, The next piece is around being very clear and transparent, setting expectations and having that um, as the cornerstone to team performance. And so that's really critical. We need to be very clear and set clear expectations and have measures in place to monitor our progress. And then third is really kind of the day to day. And, um, you know, how does a leader behave through all of those things, but it's really the day to day. And that's where I go back to whether it's corporate values or, you know, we're all leaders in our families as well as as either parents or, you know, head of a household or, a, you know, an adult in a household. Um, how is it, what is the value 
And what are your own values in terms of how um, you reflect those in your behaviors? And so in, you know, showing interest and involving your team in a meaningful way, and then really what it comes down to, I talk a lot about leadership moments of truth. And so really in the moment. So if you can think about, um, I provide examples, like if you're in a meeting room and somebody speaks off the cuff or doesn't have something done, it's not about calling a person out in a negative way, but it's about dealing with that. So having a conversation with that person right away, so often, you know, things are left to kind of fester. And so it's really about that, understanding our purpose, being clear and transparent, and then showing on a day-to-day basis that um, our team is important and we are connected with them through whether it's a large change or really trying to get through the results. So that's kind of the the, the high level of, of how I like to bucket authentic leadership. Mm, I love it. I'd like you to back up to number one when you talk yep. about, you know, she or he knows and is comfortable with their own purpose, superpower and vulnerabilities. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, can you say more about that, their own purpose, about their own personal purpose in life and how it relates to the workplace mm-hmm. or or the greater or yeah. the greater part of workplace? It's, it's really both. And this is where authenticity comes out. And so one of the things that um, kind of threw me off about that post that I referred to was that she was saying, you know, really, we shouldn't be completely authentic, because then we'll be either too emotional, or, you know, we'll drag people through our own stuff. But really, that's why this first piece is so important. And there is, you know, so much literature and, talk out there today about becoming self-aware. Um, and and it, there's a reason for that. And that's really been part of, I would say, my journey and why I feel so passionate about this. Until a leader feels completely comfortable and aligned with who they are and why they are doing what they're doing, personally, professionally, using their own gifts in a way that... Um, allows them to be their best selves until they are fully aware of that, that it's, it has the potential to, um, you know, really kind of be nasty at work. And so it's important that people understand, you know, what is my purpose in my own self and how does that relate to this organization? And are this, are the values of this organization aligned with my own? Can I see myself here? Do I know what I really have to, Um, give. And when I say superpower, that's why I also say right after it, we need to know our own vulnerabilities, and we need Mm -hmm. to be honest about them. That doesn't mean we, again, like we're not crying to our team members about all the things we can't do. This isn't about insecurity. This is about being okay, that we can't be good at everything. And so that's the, the kind of jumping off point for creating a team environment where others can also be fully aware and um, able to bring their whole selves into that team, into that organization, because it really is about having um, people being comfortable, being honest about who they are, and being free to show their superpower. And, And in many cases, people are just as afraid of showing their superpower and what they're really good at and what their gifts are as they are 
kind of revealing their vulnerabilities. And so those two things go hand in hand uh, and they help us to live our purpose, both at work, at home and in our community. Mm, Yeah, I so agree with that because like you said, there is this whole self-awareness culture, I guess. And and, and there's a reason because it is important Mm -hmm. because when you know your own superpower, i.e. strengths, gifts, then you know how to actually f- help other people reach them as well. Do you not agree? Absolutely. And right? that's why we need, we need more people, more women, more men to be comfortable kind of stepping outside of whatever box that they were told that they need to grow up in and be and do and listen to what's really going on inside of them. Those are the kinds of leaders we need, not just in uh, communities and, and in politics, but we need them in business. So many people, most of us, in fact, go to work every day in some kind of corporate environment, whether it's, you know, an office environment and it, you know, it's for profit, but even not for profit. So every organization, um, has a culture and, and many of us have grown up, uh, thinking that we need to, kind of hide parts of ourselves in order to operate effectively within that system. And so so the people within organizations are actually feeding this toxic way of working and pushing people down, including themselves first. Mm, it's so true. And I think there is a, a, a greatness in vulnerability. I, I think Stephen Covey said, you know, it's the leader who can, you know, climb the tallest tree and say wrong jungle. You know, it's, it's being yeah. able to go, we change directions and not go, you know, not be afraid to admit that you screwed up, that maybe you're actually going in the wrong direction. They say, you know, we have new information and you're willing to admit that you have to change. Um, when you have that, when the leader goes first, the other people will follow suit, you know, about being vulnerable themselves, maybe not afraid to admit that they're overworked or that they don't know what they're doing. And hey, can we have a conversation about it? Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've seen this in, you know, I've worked in a lot of different industries and uh, I've worked in organizations where it's manufacturing or it's, you know, safety sensitive and, there's been a lot of research done that really what drives safety in kind of an operations environment is exactly that, that people yes. feel safe to speak up and they can only feel safe to speak up if there's a, a trust kind of basis formed within that team. And that's where it goes back to authentic leadership. And so this concept is not about, again, as I said in my post, it's not about being nice. It's about being real and allowing people to um, be the humans that we are because we do make mistakes and we need to be okay with that and really come together um, and understand how we can leverage each other's strengths, right? Um, as a whole team and, and truly collaborate, because there's a lot of talk as well about, you know, values on collaboration, but we really don't um, allow ourselves to collaborate. And it comes back to this same kind of foundational piece of understanding and being okay with our vulnerabilities so that we can come together and create something really special. Mm. And to your point that 
people will say, you know, well, we can't go around being nice all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of disagree in that, you know, it, it is, yeah, it's not about being nice. I think it is about being kind, but okay. authentic leadership is just right. You're talking about being real. You still have to hold people accountable and have real conversations, but how you do it matters. How, how, how you do it is going to trigger a reaction in the other person, whether they're going to be vulnerable with you and just say, hey, can we just talk about what's going on here? Um, there's a great interview that Oprah did with uh, Jeff Weiner. He's a former CEO of LinkedIn, and he calls it compassionate leadership. So to mm -hmm. me, it's the same kind of thing, conscious leadership. And he's talking about, you know, when you leave people in a role too long. Yes, that um, they are, they're hating it. You're hating their performance. You know, the, the leader has to look at themselves and say, is it time to move them? And that, you know, that's being kind. That's being and say, you know, that's a tough thing to do to say, I actually have to let you go. But I, I have worked in career um, coaching before, and I've been there on those days when people have been let go. And it's unbelievable sometimes the relief on yes. people's faces that they knew it wasn't working. The leader yes. knew it wasn't working and they actually feel freed. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we can't confuse nice, um, it, it, but it is, there is a kindness and that is kindness. And I think that was part of your post that you, mm -hmm. you had posted a, a quote from Brene Brown that yeah. clear is kind unclear is unkind. And I 100% agree with that. Absolutely. And that really goes into that next piece, right? So you need the foundation um, that builds a, a trusting team around being completely open about who you are, what your superpower is, what your vulnerabilities are. We know each other very well. And so when you get to that next part of kind of the, the puzzle of authentic leadership, it is about accountability and it is about transparency. So many organizations, um, and I find especially... Um, in, in many organizations uh, in the, the part of the world where we live on the East coast of Canada, there's this kind of view that we need to be nice. And we're nice people, Nicole. <laughs> we are nice people and we're missing the boat. And we're actually, to your point, we're not being kind at work because we're allowing people to kind of go off and get lost and so we need leaders who are comfortable enough in themselves to be clear about expectations and have conversations around those expectations, given the individual's kind of gifts and what their vulnerabilities are, what they may need to develop and what they're really good at. And so that's why, you know, the leader really needs to know her or his team in order to be able to manage to the accountabilities and the metrics that are in place so that they can guide people along the way. So if I really know someone on my team has a gift in a certain area and I see that they're falling off somehow and, and the performance is going down, I need to have a conversation well in advance because, you know, I really see that they're not going to meet their target. But the thing about accountability and transparency and the reason it's kind is because most of us go to work, we want to do a good job, and we want to accomplish things. And so when we do that in a way that, um, you know, is clear, is consistent, and is, you know, in done in a way that's supportive, and in a, a true team environment, 
then truly everybody wins. And that's how that connection between authentic leadership and being able to have a, a workforce that can execute consistently on the strategy, that's the, the, the kind of secret sauce in the connector. So true. Because, you know, if you know your team better, you can lead them better. Right. And, it, and so as you get to know them individually, like you said, if you know their strengths, like we're not all good in different areas. Mm -hmm. And there's a great quote that I love from uh, Julia Cameron. She wrote The Artist's Way. And she says, when you focus on people's strengths, their weaknesses fall away. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that's so true. Um, and that, that we need more people being able to help shine a light on who we are. And then people are going to come to life and it will help you achieve that goal, those metrics that are so important to corporate organizations. Absolutely. And, you know, I hear a lot, you know, that there's, there is a school of thought. And again, it's kind of a, a dated school of thought um, when I talk about these things and say, you know what, this person has a real gift in this area. And it would be great if we could leverage them more for that and maybe not for other tasks that, you know, they, they may not be that good at, but I, the resistance that I often hear is, well, you know, everybody needs to pitch in and everybody, you know, they're not too, they shouldn't think that they're too good for certain tasks. And so what I always go back to is that it's really not about that. It's not about being better or, you know, above others, it's about being clear about who are the people on your team um, who can fill out all of the different roles because we need all of them. And when you use people in a way that is aligned with their, um, their purpose and their gifts, then you are unleashing such power into the organization, right? Like it is such a catalyst. And so because there's a resistance to doing that and this old thinking of do what you're told, when you're told, how you're told, right? Then we are pushing down the um, kind of fuel that we have within our workforce. And most often in most change programs that I've seen and most strategic plans, they don't actually get the value that they were meant to. And it really is about enabling your workforce through systems, through processes, but all of that is touched by the leader. The leader drives that machine in a way that um, will really unleash that power within the organization. Mm, so true. You know, what is the connection then between authentic leadership and workplace culture? Because mm. obviously it has a huge impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it is, it, it's, it really is the driver. Um, and so when I talk to clients, most organizations will have, like I was saying, they've got their mission, their vision, their values, and their strategic plan. And they have all of that. Often what happens is that the values go up maybe in a framed, you know, kind of, picture on the meeting to the door walls, right and we see all those um but where the disconnect is most of the time is what do those values mean in terms of leader behaviors and so what does that mean on a day-to-day -day basis and it goes through the entire cycle of employee experience and so for example if i'm gonna say um 
you know, we value collaboration, but the way that the organization is even structured at the very top level and how people are incented isn't really aligned with coming together as a team, well, then people will automatically go off in all directions and do their own thing for their own purpose, because that's how their performance is being measured. And all of these things come back to, first of all, the senior leaders. So like the C-suite, you know, CEO, president, the VP levels, how do they really create that environment within their own team? that shows that they are collaborating, that show that people are important, um, that show that innovation, for example, is important or safety. So these are the kinds of values that are out there. But what happens as you go through the organization, those get lost along the way because individuals aren't seeing that alive. And that's where all, I call them people leaders. So it's from the very top level to, I would argue, more importantly, the frontline supervisors and leaders, how are they behaving and how are they encouraging their team to speak up, to be themselves and to be able to kind of unleash, like I was saying before, their um, their own gifts so that they can do things like drive innovation and bring ideas forward and care about each other and connect with each other and say, you know what, something's wrong here and I'm going to stop work because it's not safe. And I'm looking out for all of my colleagues through kind of a shared accountability framework that sets people up for opening their eyes and looking out for each other. And so that all starts with how leaders at the boardroom table are behaving within their teams, because we're all human. We like to say, and I often go in and, you know, work with um, organizations on their change programs. And there's a lot of talk about middle managers, absolutely very important, but senior leaders are still people and they need learning and development. And your frontline leaders are the ones who are interacting with your customers are the ones who are, operating your machinery that is, you know, really important for getting things out the door. And so it's really across all of that people leader group that we need to be able to behave in a way that is aligned with those values so that we get the results and the outcomes that we're looking for. Mm. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah, because who helps the who helps the senior leaders, right? They're at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can get lonely at the top because who's developing you? You know, it, it requires so much self-motivation and awareness. And that's why it's really important for senior leaders to have coaches. Right. You know, at least you have an independent person that you could have conversations with and to help reflect back to you what they're seeing or help you uncover some blind spots or just be a great thinking partner to work out some ideas. Um, you know, that's the important of, you know, coaching for that C-suite. It's uh, so, you're so right, Dana. And it just, it it makes me think often. So again, I've been on many projects and, um, you know, working on many fancy presentations. And when it gets to the point where a presentation from a project has to go to a senior level, there is so much massaging and so much (laughs) 
work being done. Like, well, we don't want to say that. And we don't want to say that. And so this all goes both ways, right? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, there is a, an unwillingness to speak truth to that senior level and they need to hear it. They need to hear it because they don't know. And as much as, you know, there, there should be more, you know, kind of interaction and, you know, I talk a lot about visible leadership and Mm -hmm. out in the field. um, Many leaders aren't doing that. And so when we have the opportunity to speak truth with the senior level leaders who are setting the um, kind of stage for what the behaviors need to look like throughout their organization, they need to hear truth. And I believe very strongly in that because we really are all people, but it goes back to this whole way of working in the corporate world where, you know, a few people at the top set direction we're not comfortable questioning mm. in a way that allows for better results. And that is the culture that needs to be set at the very top. And so it's up to those senior people to do exactly kind of this, you know, what's my purpose and be vulnerable and ask for help and encourage involvement on a day-to-day basis so that they can get the best information of what's really going on in their organization so they can manage through that and resource things according to what they really need. Mm, So true. And when you speak to truth and you say that the senior leaders need to hear it, I so agree with that, but they have to be leaders who are open to it. Mm, And, and I think the leaders should be going to look for it, right? You know, they should be going, what am I missing here? And not being afraid and not allowing, not making, making sure the people are not afraid to tell you the entire truth. Um, So this is where that work comes back on the leader uh, to really work on themselves, you know, to be an awakened leader, you know, be Mm -hmm. a conscious leader in your workplace. How powerful is that? And I think it's an area that leaders look past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's almost the difference between business and leadership. They're so focused on the business, but are you focused on the leadership? The leadership will drive that other piece mm-hmm. um, in a way that it makes it explode, really, uh, when all the people are being able to tell the truth, yeah. show up ha- who they are, and encourage one another and uh, and make it so a, a place that they're not expecting to be you know, beat down every time they present right. an idea. You know, I call it the pirate philosophy. You know, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. <laughs> it's like you can't no. operate an organization like that. No. Um, people want to show up where, you know, this is where you spend a majority of your day, probably more yeah. so than with your own family. It is true. Um, yep. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to go to a place that lights you up? And that all begins with leadership. Yeah. And that and that being said, um, do you think we're making headway in this? Are people getting the importance of it, even if they're not really sure how to show up authentically? Or are we still um, stuck in the old style of doing business? Well, I think there's there's certainly more openness to this kind of conversation. And I think it does go back to not understanding, right, the business behind it. And so I talk to people, people assume that, you know, because I've been working in change management, and kind of people strategy, that I must be a really nice 
air quote soft, you know, person. And I, I say, you know what, I'm actually, you know, I'm not that nice. <laughs> it's really about getting your business outcomes. And I, yeah. I say that tongue in cheek because I do yes. like to think that I'm a nice person, but that's yeah. not the driver behind this kind of leadership. And it's a fine balance. It's not about showing up and listening, you know, to all of the opinions all the time. It's about engaging and involving people in a way where they feel safe, they can be heard. And at the end of the day, the leader, again, goes into and say, okay, I've heard everything. Here is my decision. And now we're moving forward. And that creates a circle of respect. And so also when leaders are unwilling to make a decision, set expectations and measure people according to what that expectation was, then that also isn't helpful. And so it's really about balancing being real and getting real results. And so I think that's where a lot of leaders who may not be willing to even start this kind of conversation, Dana, they may think that it's about being kind of touchy feely and mm. getting all the opinions from all of the people and then never landing on something. And that's what I'm observing um, in some organizations. They continue to spin and spin. And there is this unwillingness to really say, okay, here's the decision and we're going to move forward with it. We're going to right. continue to measure it. So you need to have the right processes in place. Like I'm, I'm a big process person and a big measure person. Like you need to know how you're doing and have that transparency in the results so that you can take a step back and course correct and say, you know what, this isn't working out the way we thought. And so let's course correct. And so it's really about, that's why it's those three components of being self-aware and understanding your team, being clear with your expectation. And then as your day to day and kind of going through executing on whatever, you know, business outcome you're trying to execute on, you need to involve people, you need to measure, you need to course correct in those moments of truth and not be afraid to change tactics and not be afraid to your point earlier, to redirect some of your people into different places if they're not able, willing, whatever the reason is, to perform according to those expectations. Mm, so true. I love what you say, and you referred to it earlier, that, you know, it's through authentic conversation, connection, transparency, and accountability, leaders can create better workplaces where mm. people and ideas can thrive. And I love the word thrive, you know, mm. not survive. Yeah. You know, we don't want to survive a culture. We want to be able to thrive. Yeah. And all of the stuff that we're talking about is stuff that people can do in their everyday lives. Like you said, we're leaders in our families, in our communities, how we show up authentically. This is not separate from the workplace, although it's, you know, framed a little differently. But let if people aren't clear about, you know, authentic conversation, you know, people said, Oh, I have a, you know, it's almost like we're overthinking it. Yeah. Um, what does an authentic conversation look like? So if you were coaching uh, a leader to have authentic conversations, what kind of conversations would you encourage them to have? Yeah, so I think it's really there. I mean, they can happen in any aspect. And so you think about kind of that employee life cycle, for example, and you're having a recruiting conversation with somebody, it's okay to 
show your full self. And I've seen many um, interview skill or interview styles where it's very formal and it's very um, almost like they're trying to trip up the candidate. Right. And you're actually, you're not going to get the best results in, in that particular aspect. And so I start all of my conversations by talking to a person, right? And so it does go back to being comfortable in your own skin and being comfortable with some level of informality within kind of a formal environment. And so we need to remember that we're all humans and that, you know, we don't need to um, show up with kind of our mask on all the time. It doesn't mean that you can't be professional in those conversations. And the same goes right. for a performance discussion. If you've done the work with your team and you've created a basis for trust and you know them in a way that um, they get that you understand them and they know that you're focused on results, uh, you know, you can have a conversation again, kind of opening it up and saying like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, it can be as simple as that. Like just, you know, we don't need to, we actually need not to make assumptions. That's the first thing we make so many assumptions about each other and, and what is driving other people. We need to let that stuff just drop to the floor and lean in and ask the question like, and when we say, how are you? It's not like what we typically say, you know, Hey, right. <laughs> Right. And the, and the rhetorical version, right. like, I, I, Hey, how are you? And really what that means is I don't really want to know, but if you sit and look somebody in the eye, because you already know them. And that's where it's so critical that you create that foundation because without the foundation of trust, there won't be an authentic conversation. So it's not, it, it's like many puzzle pieces coming together. When you have the basis of trust you can sit down and you do it with respect and say like, what's going on? You know, is there, you know, let's talk about this because here's what I'm seeing. And then really allowing that person to go through and you may not come to a resolution in that one conversation. Right. Right. And that's okay too. You may need to kind of step away because you may get some feedback. Maybe you don't like, right. And so you need to reflect. <laughs> right? It's perfect. <laughs> this is the thing about all this vulnerability and showing up authentically. It doesn't always go the way you hope. It like doesn't. it doesn't always have these beautiful outcomes. You're like, wow, that was tough. But I guarantee you, you'll walk away learning something about yourself, yeah. learning something about your organization. And you also bring up an excellent point. We hadn't mentioned it at this point is really the level of trust that is built when you are an authentic leader and yeah. leadership is based on trust mm -hmm. because when people trust you, it enables speed in an organization, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to question you about whether you're right or wrong, or should we go this direction? You, you've built trust with them that they believe you, that they believe your story. They believe what you're trying to do there. They've bought into it. Yeah. And it's such a foundational thing. And, um, there's, I, if I can remember these three questions, um, John Maxwell, he'll talk about this with respect to leadership, because if, if, you know, people will follow you, follow you, if you can answer these three questions and it's like, you know, can I help you? Can I trust you? And do you care for me? Mm -hmm. And it's that, that idea of let's just be connected to people as humans mm -hmm. and 
we can do great things. Yeah. And, and trust is also built. That's where the accountability piece comes in too, because your team needs to see that you're serious about getting results right. with them. And so they need to see that you're competent. <laughs> Absolutely. So, right. And so they need to see and live that, um, you know, these, okay, together as a team, we've accomplished these things. And I've seen how that leader holds us accountable in a way that's fair and listens when, you know, it's important to listen. And again, those moments of truth that I talk about where there's nothing worse uh, for a team when a leader won't hold one of those team members accountable. Oh, and they the allow, right? They allow negativity. I think we've all experienced that kind of behavior. And it it is kind of, I think it's shifting. Um, but it used to be very common where you have, you know, that person in an organization where, you know, they're kind of a jerk, but they get they get really great sales results, for example. And so nobody really calls them on the behavior and how they're going about it and their lack of collaboration. And so everything around leading a person like that has to come back to the same concepts, right? And so you need to be able to have a leader who in a moment of truth, when an individual starts, you know, being toxic or creates a negative vibe, they need to take that person in and have that conversation and say, like, what's going on and and what what's really happening here? And it could be that that person needs to go or it could be that that person decides that they're going to change their behavior. But the rest of the team suffers and overall performance suffers when leaders don't hold negative, toxic behavior um, to a point where they, you know, people need to be accountable for that and they need to be held to a different standard. Mm, it's so true. Cause when you see some nonsense going on and you think it's going to get addressed and it doesn't, mm. you begin to, um, lose faith in the leader. Yeah. And, um, then it, then there's a whole new culture that's starting yep. to get created. Right. Yeah. And you and, will lose but, your yeah. top performers. That's what really, you will lose your top performers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there, there, and there's a, that's exactly it because people won't put up with that for long. This the, exactly right. The people who want to get the results, who drive the results, um, so so important, so important. Um, how how do we begin to shift? If someone's listening to this mm-hmm. and they're thinking, I really do want to do it. I like as you said in your post authentic, authentic leadership is about doing it a better way. Mm-hmm. And if someone says, I want to do this a better way in my workplace, what is the, there's many things people can do. What do you think would be a great first step to start showing up as an authentic leader? Well, I think it it does start, you know, and I think many people say this and, uh, but it is the truth, you know, you need to start by shining a light on and holding a mirror up to yourself. And so, you know, you alluded to it earlier, many senior leaders feel kind of lonely. And the higher you go, I think the scarier it is to ask for real feedback. Mm. Um, And the longer you've been kind of building your armor around you, the more it feels that you have to lose. But a, a really important first step is to ask people, you know, ask them, 
for their input. Like, how am I? Do, do you feel that I encourage questions? Uh, do you feel that, you know, I'm holding people accountable? Do you feel that, you know, do you understand the purpose and the clarity of vision of what we're trying to do here? And if you really ask those questions of your team in a way that um, helps them to feel safe, then they'll start to say, wow, this is different, right? And so it's important to send the message that you're willing to make a bold move and you're willing to look at things differently. It's so difficult um, to take that first step and to kind of really take a look inside and say, am I, am I really living my purpose? And I'm, am I being, um, am I connected with my team? Is there transparency? So it's really about taking stock of what is, what are other people thinking and saying about how I'm executing on these kind of authentic leadership um, qualities. So good. Is there anything that you want to say about authentic leadership that we haven't covered in this conversation? I think we've covered a lot, Dana, but I do. I, <laughs> I know. We deep. I love it. I know, but I, I do think, I mean, I don't think it can be said enough. It's really not about, you know, being fluffy and it's not about being nice. It's about being real and, you know, internally, we all have this, some people, you know, have um, in, uh, more empathy naturally than others, mm -hmm. but we all have this internal kind of compass. And when we meet somebody who isn't authentic and isn't real, there's usually something that goes off inside of us. And if we kind of put that inside right? And kind of say, okay, truly, if I'm going to sit and think about this and just, you know, be quiet and still for a while, am I being myself? Am I real? Am I trying to, you know, create a persona that isn't aligned with right authenticity? Because many people, and especially in business, it's, it, it has in the past, you know, really breeded this kind of different mentality of top down, don't question. And it results in organizations not creating as much value that they could. Hmm. Yeah. And it's all about creating value. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a reason why you're in business. Yes. And, um, people, there's a lot of power in your people mm -hmm. and start unleashing it, start with unleashing it in yourself. I mean, at least give yourself the gift of that. Absolutely. Mm, that's so good. How can people connect with you if they want to hear more or read about what you have to say about authentic leadership? Or Yeah. So I have, I have a blog uh, and the, um, the website is my first and last name, NicolePaquette.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Uh, and so uh, either of those, they can connect with me that way. Mm -hmm. I just have a couple of last questions. Um, what has become abundantly clear to you? Oh, abundantly clear. <laughs> well, you know what? It really, the more I've accepted uh, my own self, um, I spend a lot of years 
trying to keep up with what I thought a consultant was supposed to look like and what I was supposed to say and how I was supposed to present myself. And what has become abundantly clear in the last few years is that I am much happier, much more successful and much more connected since I have allowed my own self to really be seen. Um, and, and I know for sure that if we can help others to be seen and heard and we allow ourselves to be seen and heard, I know that the working world and the world overall will be a much better place for all of us. I can't tell you how much I love that answer. <laughs> I love it because that's what we all want to be seen and heard. And, and leadership, you know, has such an impact on that. Absolutely. And lastly, what does the world need most? It needs more of us to show our superpowers. We need to speak up and we need to show our gifts to the world. Uh, we were all put on this earth to allow ourselves and our gifts to create a better future for ourselves and for our children. So we need to let that out and let it shine. Hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for this conversation. I loved every minute of it. Thank you, Dana. It's been such a great morning. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Thank you. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at CoachDana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.